you are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. I wish it was a victory Monday, but it is not. Uh, We'll be talking about a Buccaneer loss, 31-24 to the Saints um, in the Superdome, which I'm going to let everybody know. I played nine years in the league. I had a chance or was blessed to to play in all but, I want to say, just about every stadium except for Houston and Kansas City. And... New Orleans is by far the hardest place to play. It's the loudest place to play. It's just, it's hard to explain. You can't hear yourself talk and you're yelling. And it makes it tough for everybody, especially you're on the road. You're down by 14 points. Everybody knows you're going to pass the ball. That's the worst scenario in football for an offensive lineman. It's the worst scenario. You know, it's a great scenario. You're at home. You're up by 14 points. You're running the football. You're ready to get out of there. When you're down 14 points in the fourth quarter against a pretty darn good pass rushing team and you have all that noise, um, terrible, terrible scenario and didn't turn out the right way. Listen, the Bucks didn't, the Bucks didn't play their best game. They didn't play their worst game. Um, I think they got out coached. They got out schemed. When you see Mike Evans, uh, Marcus Lattimore locked him down. Mike Evans did no catches, only a couple, three targets. O.J. Howard, one catch, I believe, for 10 yards. And that's getting to – O.J. Howard, to me, is just, is just becoming a name. He just He's just becoming a name because he hasn't done anything for me. I'm waiting for O.J. Howard to do anything, seriously. And he catches three balls for 40 yards on, on one misdirection play. You should be catching, you should be getting eight targets, six catches every single game, O.J. Howard. And why he's not, I'm not quite sure. Cameron Braid had a catch early in the game and then didn't hear about the rest of the year. Cameron Braid makes $8 million a year. $8 million a year to be a backup tight end. And before the season, I was like, trade Cameron Braid and get something for him. $8 million to be a tight backup tight end that doesn't catch the ball. Uh, has, he, has he done anything this year? I want to say he has one touchdown. Hasn't done a whole lot else. You know, Shaq Barrett, you know, first four games of the season, um, looks like the NFL MVP. Didn't hear his name yesterday. Not saying he's not playing hard, but football's funny, okay? And football's humbling, Sometimes you can be a, a, a superstar for four weeks and then just disappear. It's happened a lot. It really has. And, you know, now you start hearing about, oh, we got to lock him down and give him a lot of money. Well, let's see him play 16 games first because people have played four great games. People have play, played six and seven great games and then come back to earth. So when you show me that you can play 16 games and still be effective at the end of the year, then we'll talk about giving you a big contract, but probably not till then. Now, look, going back and looking at that game, the Bucks just didn't have any rhythm offensively the whole game. They really didn't. Um, the The running game is up and down. We we run the ball effectively to not be a running team. We really haven't said to ourselves we're a running football team. Not yet. 
I mean, I think Bruce Arians, you know, once again, it's the complexion of the football game as well, but I don't think he's literally said, listen, we're going to run the ball down people's throats. And there's not a lot of teams doing that anymore. There really isn't. You know, teams are going to make you throw the ball on first down. If you, on first down, they're going to have eight guys in the box. They stop your run, second and eight. Now, all of a sudden, you have to throw the ball. That's the MO out there for the defenses. We had no rhythm, 21 plays, five first downs in the first half. Um, Jameis, from my perspective, and I have some eyes over there on the field as well that I get some inside information from, uh, you can only see so much from the television. Uh, I rewatched it this morning. Uh, there wasn't a, lot, a, whole, a whole lot of people open, okay? And there's, this is not the first time this year. The game that I went to earlier this year, um, there was nobody open. And you want to say, well, I'll throw the ball. Well, he, when you throw the ball to somebody that's not open, interceptions happen, and that's not, and that's on Jameis. You know, we need guys open. And it doesn't seem like Byron Leftwich did a good job of scheming anybody open yesterday. Now, the Saints scheme the crap out of people. Kamara, how many times did Kamara catch the ball in a little swing pass with nobody in front of him? So we have a young kid in Ronald Jones who at the beginning of this year I didn't think was going to make the football team. And now I'm going to say Ronald Jones needs to touch the ball more. Ronald Jones, they need to figure out a way to get this kid the ball in the open field as much as possible. As a, as a raw running back from the you know running back position, get him the ball. But I think he is more of a Kamara type football player. And Peyton Barber can do the rest. But something was off yesterday. Something was um, um, First of all, you got to give credit to the Saints defense who shut down Ezekiel Elliott the week before and did a pretty darn good job of shutting us down. Six sacks. Uh, our offensive line, once again, that's a tough task going into New Orleans. I've been there, done that, gave up the booty, done that. It's a tough task, um, but didn't look like they were ready for prime time. Uh, DeMar Dotson, that's my people, uh, getting on an age a little long in the tooth. Uh, there was one p- play in particular where he got bull rushed into Jameis for a sack. Um, I'm going to let you guys know it looked worse than, no, it looked terrible, okay? But it's the way the play unfolds sometimes. It's the things you, the things maybe you don't see. You're just seeing DeMar Dotson get run over. But you didn't notice that the defensive end jumped the snap and was probably to the point where he could have been called offside, but they didn't, and got the edge on DeMar and put his hand on his shoulder. And anybody out there is going to go go back really, really fast. There's no other way. When somebody extends their arm, one arm out, and gets their hand on you and starts that rush, if, you're, if your feet don't catch up, you're going back fast. That's the way it goes. And then DeMar actually hurt himself. I believe he hurt his calf or his hamstring. And uh, he's been pretty beat up this year. So uh, the backup went in and didn't do any, any better. So it's a long season, man. And when you talk about being in your last year, you're probably not going to come back next year. It's hard to dig yourself out of anything, especially when the team is, you know, not playing all that well at this moment. Um you're going to see probably DeMar Dotson probably go jump in and out of the lineup. You know, it's a, football's tough, man. It's tough on your body. And we're getting towards the middle of the season, 
And I don't know if he's going to be able to last. And maybe it's going to get to a point where they're going to have to make a decision where it even makes sense to put him out there anymore. But yesterday, there's certain things that we lacked yesterday. First of all, we didn't tackle very well, okay? The, the NFL in general doesn't tackle well because they don't allow tackling in practice too, all too often. Uh, the tackling wasn't real, wasn't really good. There was still miscommunication often. Uh, the Teddy Ginn touchdown in the third quarter, you know, that's just miscommunication, man. You guys, can't, a guy can't be that wide open. We're never, we're never that wide open, are we? At least, you know, when you see somebody running into the end zone with the football, you'd like to know at least who he beat. And in that, in that case, I don't even know who the hell he beat. I speak about, you know, talking about getting beat. Vernon Hargraves, um, I promise you, the game plan, when people look at the Buccaneers, they're telling their quarterbacks to look for number 28. And this because Vernon Hargraves' MO or, you know, his template in the playing football is to be three steps behind all the time. If he's covering number 87 and he catches the ball, he's three steps behind 87. If he's covering number 85, he'll, he's three steps behind 85. So throw to those guys. And it's to the point now where we have to stop imagining what Vernon Hargraves could be. Because what he is, is a below average corner that we've been watching for a while now. And you could keep on waiting for him to, to, to get better. And he might make a play every once in a while. But in general, he's just not a great football player. Not a very instinctive football player. You know, he doesn't make many plays. You know, what do you think about? I think he has one interception. I mean, you know, what's he doing? Other than getting beat. Now, we didn't have shit for a pass rush yesterday. And I somebody here um, sent me a email. If you want to email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. It says, uh, what are the Bucks missing in their secondary to be almost the worst in the league defending the pass? Um, what are their deficiencies and what do they need to improve in this area? That was uh, Jenny Clausen. We like the ladies listening. Thank you, Jenny. Um, first of all, talent. Okay. Um, we don't have a lot of experience back there. So these guys are still learning. They're still learning a new system. And we didn't have a pass rush. So without talent and a pass rush and a familiarity to the system, what happens is you get eight up. And then we're getting eight up every single week, it seems, back there. Every single week. And it's and this is an up-and-down season. And Buccaneer fans, me included, every single week my sentiments have changed about the Buccaneers. I went from these guys are going to be 3-13 and 13, to, like, this is every week. Every week it goes up and down five wins, it seems like. And at the end of it, I think the Bucks end up being eight and eight, seven and nine. I mean, that's what they are. They'll win a few more games. They're they're talented enough to win a few more games, but they're not talented enough to to beat most of the teams they should. That was a winnable game yesterday, everybody. The Saints without Drew Brees, that's a winnable football game. And didn't get it done. Now the Bucks have to head to London to play Carolina. They got their new quarterback that's lighting it up. They're heading out on Thursday. They're going to be flying in and then landing on fr- a Friday morning. And uh, the Carolina Panthers will be flying in on Wednesday night and landing on Thursday morning. So um, 
they got to figure some things out. Okay, it's there's a lot of traveling, uh, there's a lot of pressure heading to all these different stadiums. But you know, when you let Teddy Bridgewater go thirty six for uh, twenty six for thirty four for three sixteen and four touchdowns, and you let one receiver Michael Thomas go for almost two hundred yards eh, defensively. He didn't get it done. You got to. St- they they took our ace, okay, receiver, and they held him to zero catches, and their ace had eleven for one eighty two, and two touchdowns. So um, we didn't win that chess match by any means. I thought we got out coached. I thought we got out physical. Um, you have to start becoming an opportunistic football team. There was a couple. Obviously, there was a couple breaks with some of those calls that didn't go our way. That happens, but. Two or three times yesterday, footballs hit both of our DB's hands, okay? You got to make him interceptions, people. You just don't get those those situations too often. You really don't. And Bruce Arians is, you know, telling Jameis he wants him to play fearless. And I like that word. Because when people say, well, I don't want, Jameis can't throw any more interceptions. Well, if you go into a game thinking, I can't throw an interception, you won't win. The good ones didn't do that, and the, the great ones don't think that. You have to, you, you got to be fearless, and a lot of times, fearless gets you out of trouble, but fearless gets you in trouble too. Because there's times where Jameis's people are bearing down on Jameis, and Jameis will make that crazy throw. Sometimes it'll work. You know, Jameis will be getting rushed, and four times out of five, he'll he'll make it out of there. The fifth time, he might fumble. That's that's what it's about. And you start to start making good decisions. But when you're down by two touchdowns and you have to make something happen, sometimes something ugly is going to come out of your hand. It has to happen. You remember Mike Glennon? Okay, I'll remind you. If we're down by two touchdowns with Mike Glennon in the game, game's over. You know why? He ain't going to take a chance. He would rather take a sack than throw an interception. You got to have a quarterback in that's ready to, to take chances. And I'm okay with Bruce Arians telling him to, to play fearless um, because you, you can't change somebody's mentality. And look around the league. There's a lot of really poor quarterbacking going on. A lot of it. And yesterday wasn't Jameis' best game, but it surely wasn't the best game around him. And I mean special teams, defense, coaching, everything around him wasn't great yesterday. It really wasn't. And it wasn't greatness around him. Chris Godwin has proven to be great. Offensively, who else? Ali Marpet? Who else? I think Ronald Jones is starting to come around as being a nice little player. They need more. They need more than that. Mike Evans, you need. we need more from you. Period. I don't care who's covering you. Need more. O.J. Howard, need to show up. Cameron Bray, need to show up. More offensive linemen need to show up. I like the way Jensen's playing, playing mean. Kappa's got a lot of learning to do. Made some silly mistakes. That happens. It's part of growing up. But as a whole, um, it doesn't look like a team that's going to the playoffs, obviously. They're not good enough to go in the playoffs. And I think every time they win a game, we get these false hopes. And that's okay. That's what sports is about. But the long and short of it is uh, we have a talented quarterback with a, a mind that still needs to be tinkered with a little bit. 
and we have an up and down group with limited talent around him. It, it's all the matchups for us. Some teams doesn't matter the matchups. With us, it's all about the matchups because we've beaten some teams we shouldn't have and lost some teams we shouldn't have as well. So hopefully going down the way, they win more than not. But uh, it's going to be an up and down season. I don't think there's any way around that. If anybody wants to contact me, it's Ian Beckles at Radio Influence. And make sure you're listening to all the other podcasts as well throughout the week. Also, Ron and Ian show uh, with the Rays playing in the playoffs. Uh, there'll be no Ron and Ian show today. If the Rays win, there'll be no Ron and Ian show tomorrow as well. So go Rays. Let's hope that happens. And uh, I got a five-day weekend because that ain't the worst thing in the world. But Radio uh, Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com if you want to contact me. But otherwise, let's hope the Buccaneers figure out a way to get this thing done next week. And we're talking about a Buccaneer win coming out of London against the Carolina Panthers. Have a wonderful week, and uh, please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>